can come and gather around your word, Lord, here, Lord, and we just ask that you just bless the time that we spend together. Be with those who can't be here, those who are recovering. Be with Billy as he's uh, uh, recovering from surgery, and uh, be with Lincoln, Lord, as he's uh, in class today. Thank you that he's here and um, just uh, just working his life, Lord. And we just sure do love you. Just ask that you just bless this time. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Yeah, so we got to sing Family of God. That's a good song. I can't do the verse. That's why we didn't do it. I'm just, but every time Brother Davis does the verse, I'm off on some of the notes. So I just, I just didn't do that. But uh, I did, do like that song. So one of the wonderful things about a church is the family of God, is the family that you can develop. And so, uh, you know, when you come to church, uh, much like our families that we have, we can have a church family. We, God, God has designed this, uh, this entity, this church, that, uh, that we can have a relationship like a family. So it's about relationships that you develop. Um, you can develop relationships in a lot of different organizations. Uh, I had relationships uh, with my fellow military members. Um, and there is a certain camaraderie that happens in the military, especially in times of war, in times of conflict, things like that, that you couldn't develop anywhere, um, anywhere else. So you, our police officers develop a certain relationship with each other, uh, taking care of each other. So there's relationships. But this church family, um, to the outside world, many times it looks really weird. Right? I mean, let's just be, be, be honest. It, it, it does. The, the, church, the church people, it look, looks weird. When you've separated yourself from the world, when you've, uh, when you've changed, you've allowed the Lord to change you, you're, you're going to possibly look weird. Most likely look weird. If you don't, if you don't maybe God needs to check and see where, where you're at. You know? um, I, I, one, one, of, one of the wonderful things I love about our churches is come as you are. And then let God do the work. Right? We don't need to change anybody. So let God do, let God do the work. Um, uh, uh, I, ever, I didn't used to wear a suit or a tie when I went to church uh, before coming to an independent Baptist church. It's natural for me now. It's just something that I enjoy. I don't think Brother Andy Schneller owns a tie or a button-down shirt anywhere. It's awesome, though. I don't know of a man who loves the Lord more. So, um, so but, but God works and changes our lives, and he allows us to have these real relationships in church. Now, I've said it before, in the church family, when you, in your own family, we're hardest on each other, aren't we? We really are. I mean, it, why is that? It's, maybe it's because it's comfortable. Uh, uh, your kids, they're my kids. I can, I can be tough on them. Your wife? Husbands, wives, you can be tough on each other sometimes because, hey, maybe you're stuck with me. <laughs> That's not a good reason, but it's maybe the feeling that we have. Um, we can always be tough to each other. The same thing happens in the church. We can, uh, in the church, we can eat our own sometimes. We can, we can be tough. But my, it, it ought not be that way. Um, we, should be, have a, we should have a spirit when we come in here where we encourage and edify and we're going to talk about all these things, we, where we lift one another up because this is a relationship. Now, not all of us are in the same place in our relationships, just as in a family. You have a, a husband and a wife and they should be more mature than their kids. 
although they many times get called on the carpet by their kids, especially when they've come out of Sunday school lessons, and they go, hey, do you, did you know this? Or why do we do that? Uh, okay, all right, a little, little uh, teaching moment from our children. But, but there's, there's a hierarchy in there, and, it, and it's not that there's a hierarchy out here, it's just you have levels of maturity among, your, among Christians. You have folks who have been saved for a long time. Brother Ludwig's been saved for a long time. It's awesome. Tap into that. When you get to tap into that, tap into it. And then you have, have new Christians who are, who are wondering, hey, what is this like? What is this relationship with God? What is this relationship with each other? Um, so, uh, so much like a family, we, we, uh, we have to develop relationships. And so we're going to get into, let's uh, get into Ephesians. Our text verse today, we're going to be in Ephesians 4. Um, Verses 14 through 16. I was studying this lesson, and so if, it, if, if this doesn't go well, if I'm really off, it's not the lesson's fault, it's my fault. Because I was studying the lesson, I was, I was struggling with it. Um, because it got a lot into church discipline. And I have nothing, the Bible's very clear on how you handle issues and things like that in the church, but that's not for me to teach, that's for the pastor to teach. I'll let him teach it, <laughs> you know? So, but I do love the whole idea about relationships and developing and building up these relationships. And so, so when I was actually studying it and I was reading uh, the first part of it, I said it had everything I wanted in there that, that I could expand on. It, without going into the other, so so this is this is a this is a, a Franklin, you get you're getting a, a a Franklin one here, so this is this is partly out of the lesson, but uh, I just want to uh, preempt that. So if if it's recorded or anything like that. So anyway, so let's get into Ephesians uh, four fourteen. Uh, that we henceforth uh, be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunningness and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive but speaking truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Now, I have, I have told you guys that um, I sometimes struggle reading Paul, what he writes, because he's really smart. <laughs> and sometimes sentences go a long time, they're run on, I guess it'd be considered run on sentences. But um, it's all true, it just sometimes takes me a long time. And so when I, when I study in this and breaks it down, okay, I, I start to get it. But um, so, so we're talking here, and we're going we're gonna to apply this when it comes to uh, their characteristics of the relationships of believers uh, in the Bible. And this is going to kind of give us three characteristics that we find here, um, uh, a characteristic of the believer. Number one, we're going to have a, uh, a developing maturity. There's a developing maturity. When we... Uh, uh, I've had this conversation with, with when I was in the, in the military. Um, I came in as a second lieutenant. I went out as a lieutenant colonel. Um, 
when I got promoted to lieutenant colonel, they did not promote Lieutenant John Franklin to Lieutenant Colonel. They were promoted, they promoted Major Franklin to Lieutenant Colonel. So what happened that made me a Major as opposed to being a second Lieutenant all along and then making Lieutenant Colonel? Maturity, okay? I had to uh, mature in my job. I had to mature in the military life, uh, that I, the career that I was working. I had to mature uh, educationally uh, there was a requirement uh, that in the military, if you're an officer, that you, uh, if you're going to go on, you get a master's degree because you had to have a bachelor's to get in and you had to get a master's degree. A lot of guys complained about that. And my comment was to them was, as long as the Air Force is giving you money to do it, you're going to have to do it. If they stop giving you money to do it, then you don't have to do it. Guess what? They haven't stopped giving money to do that. So, so but the whole point is, as I, as I would uh, educate young lieutenants that come into the military and say, do I need to go get my master's? Yes, you do. I don't know what to study. Whatever they have, just do it. It doesn't matter. Just do it. But, they, but the Air Force wants a mature officer for the next level. Okay? So in the church setting, we, and, and Pastor is great in encouraging us in this, and, and this is, comes through Bible study and prayer and comes through a listening to the Word of God being preached. We ought to be different when we leave. And we ought to be different a year from now. And, and just a little aside, I guess, when you look at what has happened over the last two years, there was a thinning out, guys. Sadly. But it showed a maturity in, of, of where people stood. Um, because it was, a, it was a time of crisis. It was a time of... of of e ease, hey, I got an excuse not to go, right? I mean, I'll admit, it was, hey, that extra hour in the morning? Well, at first, you did, no, I, I'm looking at you, Davis, as I know you just gave it your all the whole time. Sorry, no break for you. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, we had that extra time, maybe we went into the, uh, onto the video and watched the video and, and uh, maybe still in our pajamas, I'm not sure, but, uh, but, there, there was an ease that came about it, and for some, it became an ease that they couldn't get away from. Okay, um, so, but, but if you remember, there was other times in this in our in our country's history. Um, 9/11, I remember. 9/11 was a big jump in church. People were scared, weren't they? And they came to church because um, there was fear. Now, I wonder how many of those folks we lost during the pandemic because there was not a maturity that developed in that. But, um, but we need to have a developing maturity. As Christians mature, they develop in a hardiness that helps to hold fast to your faith. When does that happen? During the trials of life. Trials of life. We are all going to have trials in our life. Brother Billy's going through a trial in his life right now with health. Um, Lincoln's learning. Um, he's going through a trial right now. He's learning a new thing. And so we are going to go through trials of life, whether they be personal trials, whether they be health trials, whether they be family trials, whether they just be, and they're all part of our faith. It's all, all a test of our faith. 
Some of them are direct faith trials. Um, so, um, but maturity is going to, uh, we're going to develop a hardiness that will help during these trials of life. Uh, go to 2 Corinthians 8.2. Corinthians is right before Ephesians. How that in a great tr trial of affliction, the, abund the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. In, in Corinth, these, these folks, there's trials of affliction, yet they abounded. Their joy abounded. And it was, it was evident to Paul. And it encouraged Paul. If you go to 1 Peter 1.7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than, than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. A trial, that the trial of your faith, the word the, not by chance a trial of your faith, the, we will be tried in our faith. We have a God that gets us through that. We have a God that's wanting to see us on the other side of that trial. 1 Peter 4.12 Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened. You know, there's a lot of folks go, I'm why? Why me? I, I see trials that people go, and I, I, say, I do say to myself, I don't want to go through a trial. I, I, I don't know if I'm strong enough. You know, when I see, when I, when I read in, in Revelation, and you read about folks that are getting uh, uh, taken, uh, the winds of doctrine that we talked about in the first one, that, that, they're, they're, that they're, they're being misled, Am I going to be that person? Is my, is my faith mature enough that I won't? I pray it will, I pray it will be. And, and how do I do that? I keep, keep growing. Keep growing in the Lord. Keep, keep here. Keep grounded where we're at. Uh, these are all, uh, these trials of, uh, of life, they're, they're trials of our faith. But they're not strange. They're not, uh, it, it's not unplanned. It's not uh, what does it, it say? Did it ever occur to you that never, nothing ever occurred to God? You know, he, it, this is not a surprise. And, we, and sometimes we do act, wow, Lord, you probably didn't see that coming. No, he probably saw it coming. <laughs> and it could have been from our own making. It could have been from our own disobedience. It could, you know, but we can get through the trials if we develop in our maturity with the Lord. It also helps in B, times of confusion. Are we not in a time of confusion right now? You know, we hear what the teacher children uh, in the schools and, and, uh, and just our po the politics and how there's just right is wrong, wrong is right. Where have we heard that before? Well, it should, should encourage our faith. If, if we let it, during this time of confusion, it should encourage our faith that what he said is going to happen is happening. It just means we're a moment closer to the Lord. Are you ready? Will we actually walk out the doors today? It could be today. Times of confusion. Um, 1 Corinthians 4, 14, 33.
For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, and as in all churches of the saints. So this wonderful church that he's given us, that we have ruined by walking in, <laughs> it's still a place of peace that God has designed. So why not, when, our, when we come in and try to develop the relationships with, with our Lord and with each other, should there not be peace? I, I would ask you that if, you, if in your heart, if there's not peace among, uh, among brethren, don't look at your brethren, look at yourself first. I always have to ask myself, why, why is there not, why am I anxious? Why am I, why am I having any not, not peace, you know, uh, it's, I have to start with myself first. And so um, this time of confusion, God is, the, is not the author of the confusion. He is but of peace in our church, to, in all the churches of the saints. In James 3.16, uh, for where envy and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. When we envy, when we strife, there's going to be confusion. That's just the that's just like the way of the world right now, isn't it? There's there's strife, there's envying, um, just all that's going out there. This should be a place of peace for all relationships, shouldn't it? We should be able to come in in here and um, uh, and and some people are, are you know it's, they they love talking about the what's going on out there all the time. Some don't. <laughs> recognize who doesn't want to talk about it right you know i mean because this is a place of peace so let's encourage one another in that way so uh during times of confusion now so not only is there developing maturity that should be happening uh, uh for the growing christian but uh there should be a devotional growth a devotional growth we'll be committed to lovingly speaking the truth to one another as we mature in christ uh, lovingly speaking the truth. Let's look at verse 15 again of our text. Go back to my Ephesians. All right, let's go back to 14. And uh, that we henceforth be no more uh, children tossed to and fro and carrying about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunningest, cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to exceed. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ. Um, a devotional growth. First of all, in order to uh, grow in our love for one another, we have to grow in our love for God. Uh, much like um, growing in, uh, in, in maturity, um, I hope your love of God just gets greater and greater as you see, A, what he's done in your life, where he's brought you from, and where he has you now, where he could take you, uh, whether it be uh, a, a direction in life or just where he takes your heart and where he takes your, uh, your life and your peace. Uh, but we need to grow in our love for God. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.9, But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of men the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. He has prepared so many wonderful things that we can't even fathom what he's got in store for us. So we need to grow in our love 
for God. And when we do grow in our love for God, it allows us to grow in our love for one another. Growing in our love for one another. Uh, sometimes, when you come in, into church, and I, I've had this discussion with, uh, with our kids sometimes. We, you know, The four of us get in the car right now. It's three. Uh, soon to be four, less than a month away. We'll have, have a kid back. Um, but we... When you come into church, I've heard this rule of, uh, I think it was Pastor Chapel who actually said, and, and, I, and I've tested this theory in, in all the places where we were assigned and different churches we were in. No matter how big the church you have, you will have about 60 core people that you're really close with. Doesn't mean that you don't love and, and, and cherish and, and try to encourage everybody that you can. But there's about 60. It's one of the reasons why we have a Sunday school class. Okay? Because it develops some relationships with people like, uh, in like situations. We're all like-minded, but like situations. Uh, the, the singles class, when we're, when we're ready to start that again, we'll have that. Uh, the young marrieds, the, um, the, the senior, senior saints. It's, it's just, we develop these core classes, the organized church, um, so that we can develop relationships. And so, so you will, no matter what the size, from, from uh, if it gets over 60, that's still what your mind really can, can kind of handle when it comes to your close relationships. Um, so, it's some, so what I want to encourage you is that it's very easy to stay in that, right? It's very easy to stay in that. And and there might be others that, that you love, but just maybe you don't connect in the same personalities type things. And so I've had this discussion with my, my kids as we're coming to church or as we're coming to an event, um, a, a potluck or, or some, some kind of one of the events that we do, which is so wonderful to do those events in that new building. Praise the Lord. Uh, we're going to have a great one on the 7th. Is to look for folks that I don't normally talk with a lot or I haven't talked to in a while. And the goal is to not be selfish. The goal is to be selfless and, and, giving, and, and giving my attention. Uh, have I ever told you my, my, my problem I had a lot in the military that my dad, uh, I kind of inherited it from him and my wife checks me out on it, looking over people's shoulders, right? Try not to do that. Always giving the people that you're talking to the attention that they, that they need. Um, but but I, I encourage girls, let's search out somebody that we can be a blessing to, that we can listen to, that we can encourage. And uh, uh, I tell the kids, I, when they were in, young in, in their classes, even now in, in a teen class, sit with, sit with someone who's new. Sit with somebody who came in on the bus because they are uncomfortable. They are wondering, will they like me? I'm not dressed like them. Will they accept me? So, so if we can encourage our kids and then model that behavior too in the same way. It's one of the reasons why when we had the, the big day uh, on Easter, we, we want people to invite people to sit with you. Wow, somebody just, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll sit with you. And they, and they might turn you down, you know, but that's okay. They're here. But, but 
it's, it's we want to we want to uh, love one another. We want to we want to uh, develop these relationships and try to break the model of the sixty and maybe get outside of that. Get outside of this class. Get some of our seniors. Boy, if you could tap into some of your seniors, man, there's a there's a wealth of knowledge right there. I you know, when was the last time? When was the last time I ever walked up to somebody and I asked a question about the Bible and something I read and I didn't understand? I don't know when the last time I asked that. So am I studying or not? Because there should be things I don't necessarily understand. So, so uh, look, let's love one another. Look for, um, look for opportunities to, to love the unlovable. Some of us are unlovable. We need to smile, right? We need to, you know, so let's encourage. Um, so, loving God as we grow, as we mature, loving one another as we grow and mature, and finally, there's a demonstrated love. And this goes back to loving one another, but uh, a demonstrated love. As the spiritual body of believers will work to edify one another. We need to edify. Now, there's, 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 Different re- ways to edify people, and, and, and it really happens to be basically what the person is. Um, and, and I think Pastor has a great talent at this, and, uh, um, and, and some of our folks do too, is we have folks that are, that are very busy in the ministry. We need to encourage them because they're taking on a great load. The, like we just joked about um, during the pandemic, the, the Davises and there are a few others. You know, this wasn't an empty room. There were people in here serving God for two years. When, and so that meant getting up. It meant getting, uh, being in your place and being on time. And that takes encouragement. It takes edifying. Building people up. Keeping them going. Uh, there's those who, are, who need to be edified and, and encouraged, instructed. Uh, because maybe we see them falling out, falling out a little bit. We want to bring them back. We want to remind them that we love them. Uh, so we edify one another. First uh, Thessalonians 5.11 Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Paul was great at edifying uh, uh, believers in the church. And, and in fact, called them out by name many times. Uh, if you go to Romans 16.1-4, he called out Phoebe he called out uh, Priscilla and Aquila. Um, uh, he said, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Centria, uh, that you receive her in the Lord as become as become a saint and as your sister in whatever business she had need for you. I love that. A sister in whatever she needs you to do. <laughs> you know, that's a great place to be. Where do you need me? What do you need me to do? Oh, you need me to clean the toilet? Yeah, I'll go do it. You need me to move some chairs? Praise the Lord, we don't have to do that. But, but just use me how you use me. And, he, and, he, and so, so this is, he's encouraging people to be an encouragement to someone who needs to be edified, needs to be built up, needs to be encouraged, Phoebe. And then greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks. Wow. Maybe that means they hid Paul when they needed to hide Paul. Maybe that, you know, they put themselves out there, laid down their own necks. Right now, we don't have to lay down our own necks. Maybe someday we might. Are you going to be one of those ones who's willing to do that? 
Am I going to be one of those? I'm not, not calling you guys out. I'm saying me. Am I going to be one of those? So, so uh, Paul is great at, in, at edifying, building up people, but also, lastly, encouraging one another. Encouraging. Sometimes you might be having a... Have you ever just had those days where you just wake up? This is a great day. It's going to be a great day. Sun shining. Tie fit just perfectly. It's going to be a good day. And you come in, you get hit with somebody who has a need. Okay. Shift. You know, sometimes we just need to go, all right, I'm going to listen. I'm going to encourage. Somebody needs encouragement. So if we can get that, if we can get what the Lord has given us in, in a great day, if we can give that to somebody who's not having a great day. Because we, we bring in the world in here. The world's on our backs, on our shoulders. Worries. You know, Sarah's thinking about her husband. She's got to worry. We need to encourage her. We need to build her up. We need to, we need to support her. Uh, just as Moses, just uh, he was supported, right? Uh, uh, for, as Israel's battle. So encouraging one another. <clears throat> and in Galatians 6, 9, uh, uh, Paul, uh, and let us not be, let us not grow weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. The, the whole idea being that um, we we gotta encourage folks to keep on, keep on keeping on, as as Independent Baptist pastors like to say, keep on keeping on. Um, so we should be, we ought to be encouragers to one another. William Arthur Ward once said. Flatter me, and I may not believe you. Criticize me, and I may not like you. Ignore me, and I may not forgive you. Encourage me, and I will never forget you. We can, we, of, of all people that should be encouragers, Christian ought to be. Both to fellow Christians and to non-Christians. I, I work in a, Pretty godless environment. Or guys, guys that love the. Uh, I mean, it, it's 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 yeah, it's satanic music. I mean, heavy metal things like that. You know, from it's just it's not it's not Christ. So, God's put me there as the only source of light among those those guys, and I gotta encourage them. So I'm not gonna encourage them to. Push them away. And if anything, I got to draw them closer. Um, and we ought to do that with one another. As we come in here, as um, now, don't do it right after this. Don't go searching for that person that because <laughs> that I need to go encourage somebody. No, just through your actions, through your through your speech, through your smile. Let's encourage one another. Let's build each other up um, because we all need it. You need it. I need it. Um, pastor needs it, Miss Debbie needs it. I mean, we, we all need it at some time more than others. But you can never, ever go wrong encouraging somebody, whether they're having a good day or bad. You'll never go wrong. Um, so, uh, so this relationship, built real relationships. Our church, uh, we have the opportunity to have real relationships outside of our family, you know, uh, mine and nobody else. Outside of that, we, have, we can have real relationships. Will we get on each other's nerves sometimes? Yep. Should we give a little deference? Yep. 
<laughs> you know, uh, will, will somebody forget to write a note to somebody? Yeah, it happens. It happens. Because so, so we, in our maturity as we grow, we learn to give a little deference and, and understand that everybody's going through life and everybody's going through their family, going through uh, things that they got going on. But we can, uh, when, we, when we give it a little effort, we can be great encouragers toward one towards another. So I want to encourage you guys in that. All right. Well, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this uh, day. Thank you for this lesson. I just thank you for um, just the fact that you've uh, put us here to be a church family, uh, to be uh, people that love one another, um, encourage one another, edify, and build up, Lord. And uh, I just ask that you just uh, work in us today. Be with those who can't be here today. I, I pray that you, Lord, um, through us, that we can be an encouragement to them uh, to get them back and, and uh, get through their health, um, just, just to, to be there standing in the gap for them. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Just be with the pastor as he brings the message in the next, uh, next hour and be with us as we celebrate. In your name we pray. Amen.